This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with a doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Atlanta. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. This is our very, very first show, and I am so, so excited and and appreciative and grateful of this opportunity to come and address you all over the airwaves. We're going to talk about medicine. We're going to talk about health care because, yes, the two are different. We will have guests. and just have a good time. So what my goal is with this show is to have a conversation with you that feels like we are talking as friends. Um, I don't want to ever talk down to people because I know that a lot of people get intimidated when they are talking to a doctor, talking about their health. Um, They don't feel empowered. Um, And so I want to change all of that in this 56 minutes that we have to spend together every week. So this is a weekly show. Excuse me. This is a weekly show. We will be here every Thursday at 11 o'clock on Real 1100 AM. We also are streaming via uh, Facebook. We also are streaming live at real1100.com. This also is a call-in show, and so please feel free when you have questions to call in at 404-603-8770. So let me tell you a little bit about myself and how I happen to be on your airwaves this morning. So I started, I'm a, I'm a physician, obviously, and um, I started doing some videos on my Facebook page, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and Um, A friend of mine was listening to the videos and saw, sent it to a friend of hers or a relative of hers who is a radio producer who invited me on to his show, Hey Alvin, and the Old Fashioned Health Network. And um, I started doing segments talking about COVID-19 coronavirus. uh, And then it kind of evolved into, hey, do you want to do your own show? And voila, here we are. So this is just the the a testament to the power of just saying yes to something that you didn't know that you wanted to do, didn't know how to do, um, and just decided to just go for it. And so here we are. So a little bit about the show. So every Thursday at 11 o'clock, I will be here to greet you and to wish you a very good morning. Um, We will have from time to time a medical guest that will come on. And um, sometimes those are medical experts. Um, I also have some survivors of different disease processes um, that will come on and give their perspective. Because I think that, you know, it's one thing for me to come and talk to you and lecture, hopefully not, but to lecture to you about a health topic. And it is another thing entirely to hear about that topic from a patient's perspective. This is someone who has gone through the feelings, the symptoms of not feeling well, going to the doctor, getting the diagnosis, going through all of the testing that's required for that, and then going through the treatment and hopefully coming out on the other side healed. So I definitely want to give you all that perspective as well. 
As I said, this is a call-in show, and so you are welcome to call in with your questions again at 404-603-8770. So our first topic today, I am my own guest, so I said I will open things up, and we will talk about um, how to be an effective patient. Um, So I think that, and and I've seen a lot of times when I've come into the emergency room and when I worked in outpatient medicine, is that people come to the doctor for help, but they perhaps don't know exactly how to completely prepare themselves um, for that experience in order to get the most out of it. So here are some tips and we're gonna I'm gonna give you some examples um, of what we mean by that and um, later on we'll have um, a recap of this and also um, a printable will be available on the Facebook page hopefully by tomorrow um, where you can print these tips out and you know put them into practice right because we definitely Um, want you to be the best possible patient that you can be. And when I say that, I mean not the best patient in in terms of impressing your physician or anything like that, but being the best possible patient so that you can get the most out of your medical experience. So, y'all ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Alrighty. So the first tip when you... um, Come Well, you know what? Let me back that up a little bit. Let's talk about how we enter into the healthcare system, okay? Um, so one of two ways, really. So usually people will come in, they will make a, an outpatient appointment. That's an appointment at a doctor's office for whatever reason. Um, usually it's, you know, I'm not feeling well or... Um, you just want to have a health checkup most of the time, and so we go to the doctor's office, and and things go from there. Of course, the other way we enter into the healthcare system is through the emergency room, and so that is when um, we are having some life-threatening experience. We go to the emergency room for uh, quick care and uh, or life-saving care, and things go from there. And then we are hopefully discharged from the hospital with a follow-up plan, which puts us back into the outpatient setting going into the doctor's office. Um, The third way is with urgent care. Um, And so urgent care is in that space in between outpatient care and the emergency room. So the urgent care is the place where you would go where things are not lifting, but perhaps you couldn't get into your doctor's office and you need help relatively quickly sooner than later, but you're not going to die, that kind of thing, right? So in two of those situations, we are thrown into healthcare, um, not by really choice um, of our own. It's something that is urgent or emergent that is happening and we have to go and get help. So we don't really have time to to be prepared. We're just going and getting help. So here we go. Here are our tips. Um, and this applies whether you are in the emergency room or in an outpatient clinic. Now, I will say, uh, being working in an emergency room as well as having worked in an outpatient clinic, 
there are two different dynamics to that experience because, of course, going to the emergency room makes everybody nervous because especially if you are having um, some acute issue, like let's say you're having chest pain. You are there because you are scared. You are worried that you're having a heart attack. If you are actually having a heart attack, then you are worried about what treatment will be. Will I survive this? What will happen to me afterwards? Right. So those are all the things that will be going through your mind. So my tips that I'm going to give you may not even come to present um, to your present mind because that fear and anxiety that goes along with uh, going to the emergency room will kind of take things all the way out of take things all the way out of out of perspective there. So one of the first tips and one of the most important tips that I always tell people um, is to uh, don't be a passive listener. Um, oftentimes when I meet patients in the emergency room and they tell me they've been to their doctor and they told their doctor this, that, or the other, and I ask them, well, what did the doctor say about what you told them? And they'll say, you know, I, I really don't know. Or you'll leave the doctor's office and think about all of the questions that you had to ask that you didn't ask when you were in front of your doctor. And that becomes um, a little bit of a vacuum, if you will, because it will be weeks or months until you see them again. The questions that you had that day, you will have forgotten. And that cycle goes on and on and on and perpetuates itself. So we don't want you to be a passive listener. So when you go to the doctor, you make sure that you ask questions. Um, it may be a good idea to write those questions down before you go to the doctor. So, for example, if you are having, let's say, headache, um, you would want to ask your doctor what kind of testing may be appropriate um, for this, what kind of treatment may be appropriate for your condition, and how often will you come back and reassess and see how things are going. Um, it helps sometimes because, again, we're all human and we will forget things from time to time um, and not really recognize that we needed to ask these questions. Um, you also want to bring a little notebook with you um, because it's important to take notes about what the doctor has mentioned to you. Um, it may be a good idea to write down, you know, what your blood pressure is, for example. So that way, if you go and see a different provider, you can tell them, well, when I saw my doctor on July 2nd, my blood pressure was this. And that helps us in the medical community to get a frame of reference as to what has been happening to you over time. Um, it also helps you to, to write down what the doctor told you to do because, again, we are human and we have a billion things going on all at one time. And once you get out of the doctor's office, you may completely forget what they told you to do. And that doesn't help your, your care um, and it doesn't really help you to get better if you can't remember the part of the treatment, right? Um, so the next tip that I, I will share with you all is to um, not show up with a self-diagnosis. Um, and, you know, those of us in the medical community will know about someone who is who comes in and they already know what's wrong with them. So they're already at the end of the experience. And here your doctor and your care team are 
all the way at the beginning. So, you know, back that up a little bit. And it's okay to have um, some suspicions, particularly if there is a family history of of a disease process. um, And then these symptoms that you're having are similar to what other family members have experienced. But also leave room for the fact that this may be something entirely different that's going on with you today. Um, telling the doctor what to do. That is, is always a, an interesting experience. Um, and I say interesting, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, um, because again, you know, I noticed that most people don't go to other professionals and tell them what to do. You don't go to your mechanic and tell them exactly how to fix your car. You go to the mechanic and you tell your mechanic, my car is making this noise, and you let the mechanic go from there, right? All, all of that happens except when you come to the doctor, that you come to me and you tell me exactly what it is that's wrong with you, and you tell me exactly how to figure it out and what to do about it, which leaves me kind of in a lurch because why, did you even, why do you even need me? It seems like you have all the answers, right? So... Go in with an open mind when you go to see your doctor. Have some frame of reference um, for yourself. Um, but again, you know, be open to, to what the doctor has to, to tell you. The next tip, which is extremely, extremely important. It is so very important that you tell the truth to your doctor. We need to know exactly what is going on with you. Um, Going to the doctor and and talking about your symptoms, that is not the time to to hide things. Um, Because one way or another, these things will come out. Um, Either we'll do some testing and we'll we'll see something um, or... You know, or your your symptom will get worse because you didn't tell us everything that we needed to know so that we could do everything that we needed to do in order to figure out what's going on and put a treatment plan together. So it is always, always um, the best thing to tell the truth. Now, I know that there will be some barriers to that because, you know, there may be something that you may be ashamed about or embarrassed about, um, but, you know, we are not there to judge you. We are there to help you. So whatever it is, um, you know, just just come out and tell. And, you know, I have been through my outpatient career and my career in the emergency room. I have seen all kinds of things and people have been a little bit bashful um, to tell me um, because some of the stuff, you know, it may be a little bit embarrassing. You know, if you have something stuck somewhere that, you know, you don't want to really share, but that's why you're there in the emergency room. Um, or you did something and, you know, injured yourself and you really don't want to share all of the details of how you injured yourself. Um, but again, we are we are not there to, to judge you. We are here to help you. And so in helping you, we need to know all of, of the truth. Um, the next thing is... Um, Don't leave out what you're concerned about. So, for example, going back to the headache example, come in and say you are concerned. You know, I'm having these headaches and I'm very concerned about it. Don't start telling me about the hangnail on your big toe if that's not really your number one concern. Because I am going to focus on your big toe. And then if you throw in, oh, by the way, I've been having headaches. 
there are limitations to time um, that we have in, in your office visit. There are limitations to time that you have in your emergency room visit as well. And depending upon what path you put your doctor on, and I say what path you put me on because my path in terms of diagnosing your problems and treating your problems depends upon what you tell me. So you put me on a path um, and I will follow that path until I find an answer. So always go in with your number one concern. What is the main thing that brought you here today? You may have a laundry list of concerns and there may be a time and a place to address each and every one of those. That is probably not going to happen all in one visit. I'm just going to tell you that now. So don't be shocked um, because, again, there are time constraints. Um, one of the things that you want to do also is to be on time. Now, I know that there are a lot of people who just heard that who rolled their eyes at me, and that's okay um, because it, doctors are famous for running late. And so, you know, there's a patient that will say, you know, I'm here on time. My appointment was at 10 o'clock and you're not seeing me until 1030. Well, there, there are reasons for that. And, and we will talk about that. So, you know what? As a matter of fact, let's talk about that now. So um, when you go to a doctor's office, let's say there is a sequence of events that have to happen before you get to see the doctor. So, you know, of course, when you first come in, you're going to be greeted by the staff. Uh, you're going to have to check in. They're going to have to get you registered. They're going to have to verify your insurance, which depending upon any issues with your insurance, um, that could take some time. So, for example, and I'll give a personal example, um, my maiden name is Hines. But when I got married, my name obviously changed. And so my, I, when I made my appointment, I told them my married name because I was so happy to use my new name. Um, but I gave them my, my maiden name, but my insurance was in, I, I gave them my married name, excuse me, but my, my insurance was in my maiden name. So I appeared to be two different people. So when I show up as Carissa Moore, that is my married name, and they're trying to verify insurance with that, the insurance company is saying, you know, we don't know who Carissa Moore is because on my insurance card, it says Carissa Hines. And that kind of went around and around and around and around until I figured out, oh, yeah, I gave them a different name. So, you know, those kinds of things happen. Also, with verifying your benefits, sometimes trying to get in touch with the insurance company um, can take a little while um, just to make sure that your insurance is um, is current and active and make sure that making sure that you have the proper coverages for what your visit is entailing. And unfortunately, we can't do any of that before you get to the office um, because then what if you don't show up and we've done all of this work, right? Then you have to go in and, you know, get your vital signs taken. And if there are any abnormalities with that, the doctor more than likely will be alerted because that is something that, you know, will need rapid attention. So let's say the person that came in before you has a completely uncontrolled blood pressure. And 
we weren't expecting that in the office. They probably weren't expecting that, but it has to be addressed. And so there's time that has to be taken in order to address that properly. And it may be that this is something that I will take care of in the office, or it may be something that I need to get you to the emergency room. There may be phone calls that need to be made. If I'm sending you somewhere, for example, if I'm sending you to the emergency room from the office, I need to call the emergency room and tell them that you're coming and why, instead of just having you just randomly show up. So all of that thing is happening with patient one, your patient two sitting here waiting and next thing you know, it's 1030, it's 1045, your appointment was at 10 o'clock. So, you know, there are always those things that happen behind the scenes in a doctor's office that you may or may not be aware of. There also may be some other issues that take a little bit longer with patient one. So for example, if patient one has recently gone through a grief and I notice that maybe they're having a little bit of depression or something that they are not aware of, but I notice a difference because I've got this relationship with, with my patients, right? So, you know, I may take a little bit of extra time uh, to console that person because that is a part of my job as well. It's not just to diagnose and treat. It is to take care of you, the whole person. And sometimes taking care of that whole person expands outside of your 15, 20 minute appointment slot. Right. And then sometimes let's just be honest, we're just late. You know, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Um, you know, we're human and we experience things. Uh, you know, I remember when my daughter was a newborn, whenever we walked out of the house, inevitably she would have a blowout diaper or she would vomit. There would be something that would happen that I would have to stop and take care of before I left the house. Um, and so, you know, we are all having a human experience here. And so, you know, give, give a little bit of grace. Alrighty. The next one is to be nice to the staff. Um, I notice sometimes that uh, people have been a little bit uh, cranky with the staff and then want to be sweet as pie with the physicians. And, and I'll tell you that that doesn't work because we see and we hear um, you being ugly towards our staff. And that is not making for a, a good experience uh, for you or for us or for our staff. Um, you know, we understand that coming to the doctor's office, coming to the emergency room um, is sometimes stressful. And some people handle that stress differently than others. Um, but at the same time, you know, let's try and all, you know, just recognize that we're all human beings and we all deserve to be treated with respect. You deserve to be treated with respect as a patient and our staff deserves to be treated with respect because at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all deserve that basic modicum of human respect. We are going to take a commercial break and we'll be back in about two minutes. I hope you're enjoying, I'm enjoying this. This is Dr. Carissa with Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. 
Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? Compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Life happens, and when it does, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood is the law firm people turn to for planning and managing their legal affairs and protecting their current and future assets. The firm specializes in wealth protection through legal services that include estate planning, probate administration, and guardianship. This law firm promises to be truthful and honest, provide personalized attention, and they are focused on results that best suit your needs. For a consultation, contact them today at 404-584-5555 or visit them on the web at adjpclaw.com. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood, helping you plan for today and for the future so you can get on with the business of living. And we're back. I am Dr. Carissa Hines, and this is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We have been talking about tips that can make you a more effective patient, whether you are in an outpatient setting in a clinic or going to the emergency room. Um, And of course, with these tips, some things will apply more in certain environments and some will apply less in others. Um, But just as a whole, you know, I just kind of want to be holistic in my approach to to these topics. So we are going to continue with our list. Um, so the next tip that I want to give is is fairly straightforward um, and simple, but not um, faith. Um, a lot of the times when, when you can. So now if you've been you know sick all night and you're in the emergency room, you're just going to come in and whatever you have, you know, you don't have to come in prom ready to the to the emergency room and you don't even have to come in prom ready to the doctor's office. But, you know, if it's been, you know, a couple days, you know, just kind of splash a little soap and water there and, you know, come on in and see us. So I'm not going to dwell on that one because y'all y'all understand what bathing is. Um, the next one is know your insurance coverage. So a lot of the times when it is open enrollment season, we are signing up for insurance just so that we can have insurance. Um, sometimes we are not really getting into the very details of that insurance coverage. So it comes a time when we come to the doctor's office or we have a test done that your insurance doesn't cover and the next thing you know you get a huge bill for whatever um, you know either for the office visit or for um, for the the test that you had done so it's always important to check your insurance coverage um, to make sure that if your doctor is sending you to a specialist for example that that specialist is a part of your insurance panel Um, and is approved to see you before you show up for the appointment. 
Um, you also want to know your medications, your medical history, and your allergies. Um, so I meet different spec, different, uh, different range of people um, surrounding this topic, right? So I have some patients who will come and they bring all of their medications in a great big bag and we have to sort through and figure out what that is, which is great because then I know exactly who prescribed it for you. I know exactly what the name of the medicine is, the dose, and how often you're supposed to take it. But, you know, sometimes that can get to be cumbersome to carry all of your medication with you, right? Um, then I have some people who bring their, their pill counters with them, and they have all of the pills that they take, you know, morning, noon, and night mixed in together, and this is how they take their medicine, which is great, but... I have absolutely no idea what those little pills are if you don't know what they are. Um, you know, people will tell me, you know, I take a little white pill for, for this or I take a little, little green pill for that. I have absolutely no clue um, because with all of the different manufacturers of the pills, um, you know, one, one manufacturer may make that pill in white, one manufacturer may make the exact same medication in yellow, who knows? Right. Um, there are very few medications um, and, and one medication springs to mind, the little blue pill um, that everybody knows because it really is the only one that is blue. Um, and you all know what that one is. We're not going to talk about what it's for. Um, so it is helpful to have a list of your medications um, and not just the the names of them, but the name, uh, the number of milligrams. So is it a. 10 milligram, 5 milligram, and then also how often you take this medication. So do you take it once a day? Do you take it twice a day? Are you supposed to take it with food? What are you doing with this medication? The next thing is to um, note why you are taking this medication. So many people that I meet tell me that they take the medication because the doctor told them to, but they have absolutely no idea why they are taking a medication. You have a right to know why you are taking this medication, what you're putting in your body, and why you're doing it. Um, that is something that you can do to empower yourself as a patient, to inform yourself as to you know what is going on with your medications and why you're taking them. Another reason to know why you're taking your medication is that sometimes a medication will have um, more than one application. So we'll use that medication for more than one reason. Um, so for example, there may be a medication that you take for anxiety that someone else is taking for another reason. Um, so that's why we need to know why, what is the reason that you in particular are taking this, this particular medication. Knowing your medical history, I cannot tell you if I had a nickel for every time someone told me they don't have any medical problems but then have a whole sack full of medicine, I would be a rich woman right now. So, you know, when people ask you, do you have any medical history, what they're really asking you is, do you have any medical problems? And sometimes we may have to drill down a little bit further and say, do you take any medicines for any reasons? And then people will say, oh, yeah, I take, you know, I take a medicine for high blood pressure or I take this for diabetes or, you know, I had cancer, you know, whatever, the, whatever the situation may be. 
You also want to know if you have any allergies. And this is very, very important because if we give you a medicine that you are allergic to, we don't know what your response will be, what your allergic response will be to that medication. It could be something as mild as itching or rash, or it can be the life-threatening reaction of anaphylaxis where you may stop breathing, your, your tongue and throat may swell, lips swell, you know, everything swells up, and then it becomes an emergency situation that we have to deal with that is separate and distinct from why you really came. Um, so, you know, always important to know what you are allergic to um, medication-wise. Um, sometimes people will tell me, you know, they were allergic to something in childhood and they are not sure if they are still allergic to it. Yes, you are. I'm going to answer that question for you. Yes, yes, yes. If you are allergic to it once, you are allergic to it forever. Um, so, you know, definitely while you can talk to your parents, aunts, uncles, whoever your caregivers are um, to know, you know, was there something that I was allergic to in childhood? Because you may not remember that, you know, you had an allergic reaction to something when you were five and now here you are 45 and you haven't taken this medication in 40 years because you're allergic to it, but you didn't really know that. So you definitely want to have those three things down. And it's okay to write those things down, put them in your wallet, put it in your purse and carry it with you at all times because we don't always have access to um, your medical records. So, for example, you come to me in the emergency room, if you've never been there before, I have no way of knowing what has happened to you in your past. So, the next tip, take your medications as directed. Again, I have seen so many people who decide that they want to DIY with their medication. You know, well, I took one and it didn't work, so I decided to take two. No. That can be dangerous depending upon your medication. If one doesn't work, two is not always better. Um, sometimes medications take a while to work. Um, sometimes taking more than one tablet or whatever it is uh, can put you in a situation of overdose. And so you've accidentally given yourself too much medication and caused harm that you really didn't intend, um, intend to do. So, you know, you always want to take your medication the way your doctor prescribes it. If you are having problems with your medication in that way, that is the time that you need to, to reach out to your physician and let them know, this is not working for me. You know, I'm taking it in this way and I'm, I'm not getting the effect that I thought I would. And then there's a time for you to have a conversation with your doctor. You may need to come back into the office. Your medication regimen may need to be tweaked a little bit. Something may be changed. A dose may be increased or decreased. Um, but again, that helps us to know, helps us, your physicians, your caretakers, to know um, what has been going on with you over the long haul. Um, so again, you want to tell your doctor if your medications are too much or if you stopped your medication for whatever reason. Um, some of these medications that, that we prescribe cannot be stopped abruptly. They can't, you can't just go cold turkey. They have to be tapered down 
and off um, because to stop them abruptly could be dangerous. Um, so if for whatever reason you have to stop your medication, change your medication, um, you need to reach out to your to your providers and, and let them know. Um, because it may be a thing of, you know, I can no longer afford this medication, but there may be a cheaper alternative. But we don't know that you need that if you don't tell us. So next, know your rights to a second opinion. There is no doctor that I know that will have a problem with you seeking a second opinion. Um, in many cases, two heads are, are better than one, and each doctor has his or her own perspective and approach to problem solving. So we may see the same problem in a different way and have a different approach, which that second approach may be the better approach for you. Um, you know, most of us try and take our ego out of this because, again, the goal is to help you, the patient, get better. It is not to make ourselves feel important or feel um, inflated in any way. So second opinion is great. Five opinions, however, might be just a little too much um, because then you have uh, too many chefs and, and they will ruin the stew. Um, when you go to the doctor's office, you want to keep your entourage to a minimum. Um, many times in the office and in the emergency room, everybody comes. I have met generations of a family behind one patient. So, you know, everyone is concerned. Everyone shows up. Everyone wants to know what's going on. And it gets to be um, a, a bit much sometimes. Um, so you want to bring someone with you um, if you choose to. Um, and it's and it's not necessarily a bad idea to bring somebody with you because they may remember something that you have forgotten. Um, they may be a more active listener than you are and can help you remember things once you get home of what the doctor said and what was discussed and what you need to do. Um, and also, you know, if for our uh, memory impaired um, patients, um, it is always a good idea to bring someone with you. Um, but again, you know, you want to bring the person who is, um, I guess, the most well-meaning, I will say. Um, so you don't want the person who is there just to argue with your doctor um, because that is taking up your valuable time because your office visit is only going to be, what, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to waste that time because that is, that is your time. You want to get the most out of it that you possibly can. Um, being a no-show is a no-no. So once you make an appointment, um, you need to let us know that you won't be able to keep it. And we understand that things come up. Transportation may be a problem. It may be that you don't have the money for your copay. It may be that you have another appointment that is more pressing that has come up after you made the appointment with us. We understand completely. Um, but just don't not show. Um, you know, a lot of practices have policies in place where if you are a repeat offender with not showing up and not calling to cancel, that you get dismissed from the practice. And they will tell you to go somewhere else and find your care. And so, you know, if this is the best doctor in town, you most certainly don't want to to have that situation where you have limited your access 
to that person's expertise. So, you know, just call and cancel. It's, it's really that easy. The next, next tip that I have for you, don't ask your doctor to lie. Um, it is always an awkward position, and I pause when, I, when I've reflected on instances when I have been asked, well, can you just say that I have X, Y, Z? Um, your medical chart is also a legal document, and so any falsehoods that are placed in that are just wrong and bad, and no good will come from that. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I had a, a patient that showed up with a companion that was not their spouse, and they ended up having to go to the, to the emergency room and be admitted to the hospital. And this patient asked me, Doc, please don't tell my spouse that I brought my girlfriend or boyfriend um, here to the doctor. Let me just tell y'all, I am not getting in the middle of y'all's domestic stuff. So, you know, maybe your doctor's office is not the place to bring your girlfriend. I don't know that that's necessarily romantic. Or maybe y'all were, you know, stopping by the doctors and then going on your date. But, you know figure all of that out on your own time and, and try not to involve your doctor uh, in anything that would be unethical um, and most certainly not illegal. Um, getting back to your medication list, um, you want to report any medications that you are taking. So that includes any over-the-counter medications that you're taking, any herbal supplements, vitamins, anything like that, because we need to know um, all of what you are putting into your body because some things don't play well with the medications that we would prescribe, um, right? So, or it may be the over-the-counter medication that um, is causing your problems. So for example, uh, someone who may be taking um, too much aspirin, for example. So they're taking an aspirin for everything. I stubbed my toe, I take an aspirin. I got a headache, I take an aspirin. And the next thing you know, they're having stomach issues because this aspirin has destroyed their stomach. If you don't know that you're taking all of this aspirin, then you know it just delays the time in which we will get to an answer for you and, and get to a diagnosis and get to a treatment plan um, for you. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you want to be prepared um, for your doctor's office or your doctor's visit, excuse me. Um, so, you know, again, you want to have the questions that you need to have answered. You want to have your medication list um, ready and you want to update that medication list because sometimes things will change. We will change a medication, stop a medication, start another medication. Um, again, first things first, the most important issue first. Um, you know, sometimes people will come into the emergency room and and I understand, you know, people get flustered when they are talking to a physician and talking about um, their 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 symptoms. Um, and of course, you know, in the emergency room, there's so much going on all at once, you know, all of the sounds and the people moving and everything that's going on in the rooms around you, um, that it can be um, very distracting. So you always want to stay stay focused um, on on the most important issues um, for you. Uh, next, we love babies, but unless they're being seen, 
you probably should leave them at home. Your doctor's visit is an opportunity for you to have your needs addressed. And as someone who has had a newborn once upon a time, it is very distracting to have to stop and take care of the baby's needs or the child's needs or to keep the child out of the trash can or keep them in the room or off the stool. You can't focus on yourself because you're having to focus on all of the other little people that you have brought with you. Um, so when possible, you know, and I understand that childcare can can be something, so I'm not saying, you know, don't ever do it. Um, but as best you can, try and have your doctor's appointment time as a time for just you. You deserve that. You deserve that focused attention. Um, if you are having lab work done, uh, it might be a good idea to be NPO, which is nothing by mouth. Um, many of the labs that we do, particularly when we are talking about your um, cholesterol and such things, um, that we have to, it is best that you not have anything to eat for several hours before that test. Um, so, of course, when you make your doctor's appointment, it might be a good idea to ask, you know, will I have any lab work done at this visit? And if so, do I need to be fasting or NPO before I get there? Now, of course, if you have certain conditions where you have to eat, because, of course, you know, we don't want a diabetic fasting for a long period of time. So you have your diabetic, you have a three o'clock appointment, you haven't eaten all day and you come to the office and your blood sugar is 40. That is not going to be um, a positive experience for you. Um, so, again, you know, you just want to ask that question in advance. Um, people tell me all the time, I know my body. Well, yeah, you do. And I know medicine. And so between you knowing your body and me knowing medicine, there has to be a place in the middle where we can meet and compromise and and your expertise in your own personal experience and my expertise in medicine can meet and collaborate. Um, it is not meant to be a debate um, or a contest of wills um, when we do that. This one is, is I, I will say, I should have said this one as number one because this is like my, my personal pet peeve. I absolutely do not like it when I walk into a room and introduce myself and I'm ready to help you and the patient is on their cell phone and won't get off their cell phone or they put up their fingers to tell me, give me one more minute and I'm going to wrap this up. When I am there in, in your presence, I am there for you. And it would be great if you could give me your attention and start to tell me what's going on with you so that way I can help you. Because I don't know who it is on the cell phone, but you have come to the emergency room, you've come to the doctor's office because you needed help. So it is most helpful for you to be in that moment and to be present. Um, your appointment is for you. So during your appointment, don't ask about, well, you know, my cousin has this going on. What do you think is the problem? I don't know. I'm not seeing your cousin. I'm seeing you right at this moment. And we're, we're going to focus on you. Um, because, of course, 
you can you're happy to bring your your cousin for a visit and you all can do a visit together and all of this. But, you know, work that out with the scheduling people. Right. Um, one thing not to do is to badmouth another doctor. Now, depending upon the size of your community, you may or may not know the, the doctor that your patient is talking about. Right. I, I don't know every doctor in Atlanta and every doctor in Atlanta doesn't know me. Um, and when I travel um, places, you know, again, I'm just visiting, essentially. Um, so I don't know anybody in the community necessarily. Um, but still, it's just kind of in poor taste um, to badmouth another doctor because most doctors are not going to join in and participate um, with that. And, you know, it just kind of sets a tone for how you will treat that current physician as well, because we know if you'll talk bad about Dr. Jones, you'll more than likely talk bad about me as well. And that just kind of colors that doctor-physician relationship. Uh, next, when we go into um, talking about your medical history, um, one of the things that I'm going to encourage you all to do is to start from today and work backwards. A lot of the times when people are giving us our medical history, they want to start with what happened five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago and then bring us to the current moment. Whereas from our standpoint, I want to know what's going on with you today or within you know, the more recent, more immediate time frame. So the best way to start is... I'm here today because I've been experiencing X, Y, Z for however many days. Today, three days ago, this started. Frame that for us and then start to work your way back. Well, six months ago, I had the exact same experience. A year ago, I had surgery for something that was related to this. So that way you paint a picture for us that is detailed but it also stretches out over time. So we know, is this something that is chronic that you have been dealing with? Or is this something that is what we call acute that is happening right in an immediate time frame, usually within a few days to maybe a week or so? Um, spill the beans. Give all of your symptoms first, the major ones. So for example, and you know, I say this in jest, but it really does happen that people will tell me about their ingrown toenails first and then they will say, oh, by the way, I'm having chest pain. I needed to know about your chest pain first because that is the more pressing issue because I will tell you and I will stand uh, firmly on my medical reputation with this. No one has ever died of an ingrown toenail, uh, but heart attacks most certainly are hurting people and, and taking lives. So of the two things, that is the thing that I want to know the most about. Um, the next topic is when you bring in your medical experts. So your neighbor's cousin's nephew's friend who has X, Y, and Z, and they all of a sudden know all about you and all about what is going on with you and what your diagnosis is. It is okay to talk about your, your medical experience with your friends and family. 
and um, sometimes a collective um, thought is helpful and sometimes it's not right um if your doctor tells you that you need to have some tests done get those tests done before your next visit um a lot of the times we rely on that data to make decisions as to what the next step will be and without that data we're kind of paralyzed and stuck at step one so make sure that you get those testings done before your next visit. Or if there are challenges or impediments to that, you know, make sure that you, again, communicate with us. The communication piece, I cannot emphasize how important that is, um, that you communicate when you are having challenges um, with your medical providers. Um, <laughs> the next topic I wrote down, because I'm, I'm reading from my notes here, um, as seen on TV. So we are bombarded every hour with a commercial about a new drug or a test or a device, um, something. And that is marketing. That's, that's what they're supposed to do. They want to sell their drug, so they're going to promote it and market it and, and have you looking at a zillion commercials. Um, about this or whatever drug it is, right? Um, that doesn't mean that that drug is is right for you. And every commercial will tell you, ask your doctor if drug XYZ is right for you. If you don't have the condition that that drug covers, then I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that drug probably isn't the one for you. Um, bring your gear with you. So if you wear glasses, bring your glasses. Um, if you're diabetic, bring all of the things that you need um, that pertain to your diabetes. So for example, you wanna bring your glucometer so that way your doctor can look and see. And sometimes they have them where they can download them and import them into your chart, which is really cool. So we can see trends of what your blood pressure, or excuse me, your blood sugar looks like. Because you are here with us for this 15 minutes, once a month or once a quarter, but there's a whole lot of stuff that may be happening to you in that time frame in between your visits, right? So you want to make sure that you bring everything that you need with you um, to your doctor. Um, of course, discussing another patient with your doctor is just not ever appropriate. Um, there are uh, privacy laws, there are policies um, that we have to, as a physician, you know, you, I've heard people, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, well, what's wrong with, with her? She looks like she's in bad shape. And, and I will just kind of look at you and shrug my shoulders because I am not allowed um, by my oath and by, by law, I am not allowed to discuss another person with you. Now, if you all are in the waiting room and chatting and they are sharing with you and you're sharing with them, that is fine if that's what you all choose to do. But of course, that conversation ends in the in the waiting room and cannot extend um, to your physician. Um, offering gifts and money to your doctor. This will be my last tip um, to today. Um, and so there are guidelines about um, offering gifts and money um, to your physician. Um, sometimes there is a, a monetary limit um, because, of course, there, you, you don't ever want to have your physician doesn't ever want to have um, the, um, 
the thought of impropriety that you may be bribing or, you know, something, something like that. So you don't want to do that. So those are my tips for being an effective patient. Um, I am going to leave you today um, with a little vitamin C, um, C for Carissa. So these will be um, little stories or quotes or inspirations uh, to help you get through um, your day. So today's quote comes from the author Alice Walker. Uh, And she says, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. When you enter into the medical system, the healthcare system, you have an immense amount of power. You just have to know that you do have it. You do have a right to wield it. And it, it has to be respected. Thank you so much. I have enjoyed this hour. It's flown by. Um, Thank you so, so much for listening to our very, very first show. Uh, Next week, I will have our first guest. Um, She is a longtime friend of mine and an amazing physician. And I cannot wait to introduce you to her. So until next week, my friends, I am Dr. Carissa, and this is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Be well and have a great week. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.